You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my panel uh, in Raleigh, Nick Denning. Nick, what's going on? I'm doing all right. And right here in the Queen City in Charlotte, Claire James. Claire. How's it going? Hey, how are you guys? Good. This is a good show. We've got, uh, you know, we're kind of in that period where we're we're not quite ready to start digging into our player previews. We're, we're still gathering information, uh, but we want to talk about a few more fun things, uh, including the NBA 2K all-time teams that came out. I know a lot of people are a little bit frustrated with some of the names that were left off of that list, so we're going to get into that. Plus, a Charlotte Hornet on a television show. It's a, it's kind of a rare occurrence. This thing doesn't uh, happen very often, so we're going to talk about it. Plus, we'll ask uh, which Hornets player right now would we like to see on our favorite TV shows. That's coming up. I uh, want to tell you, if you're listening to this, maybe on your computer, maybe in a browser, maybe iTunes, maybe you're looking for a new podcast app, well, let us suggest Overcast. It's our favorite podcast app. They don't really sponsor the show. We just really like the app. Plus, uh, if you star our episodes in Overcast, it really does a lot to shoot us up the rankings. It helps this show out tremendously. So if you're a fan of this show, if you want to see this show continue to be successful, download the Overcast app and give our episodes a star. I uh, just want to give a shout out. I'm going to I'm going to put a link in the notes uh, uh, to some places that you can donate uh, for Harvey relief and recovery. Uh, very important. Uh, the, the Houston just getting hammered right now with even more rain and flooding, and and the damage that it causes is is just tremendous. You can't really overstate it. And if you've ever been a, a part of something like that, you know not only what what it costs you economically, but the trauma that it induces as well. So if you have the means, uh, please, I'm going to put a link uh, in the show notes. So please find an organization um, that uh, do some research, make sure that it's a, it's a proper organization and, and help if you can. Uh, all right, let's get into this show. Last week, the makers of NBA 2K18 have released rosters for the all-time teams. They're building for the game and a few names are conspicuously missing, guys, from the Hornets' all-time roster. First, let's talk about who's on the roster. The starters are Kemba Walker, Eddie Jones, Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson, and Alonzo Mourning. Kemba Walker, Nick, getting the nod over both Baron Davis and Muggsy Bogues. Uh, what do you think that means you know, for, for Kemba Walker and his legacy with this franchise? Well, clearly, he's already um, cementing some kind of legacy. Uh, I think his um, most recent seasons, um, especially making the All-Star team last year, uh, certainly have um, helped his case a little bit. Uh, I think even if you know he hadn't made the All-Star team, he would have had a strong case to make this squad at some point. But uh, clearly, I mean, at least NBA 2K feels like you know Walker is already on the path to becoming one of the uh, most memorable Hornets um, in, I guess, existence. And then Claire, Eddie Jones making the list. Only two seasons in Charlotte, but had a great impact. Are you okay with Eddie? Are you okay, are you okay with these starters in general? Okay with the 
starters for the most part, I think Kemba, I think the point guard slot is probably going to be the most controversial one. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, with, with Eddie making the, the roster with just two seasons, I mean, same thing with Glenn Rice, who's only here for a few years. Alonzo Moore is only here for a few years. So, I mean, you know, you're kind of looking at a lot of players that are only here for a few years. And that's just kind of the reality of Charlotte Hornets, basically. But, I mean, you know, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, I mean, it's really hard to argue against Eddie Jones because, it, like I said, I mean, I think the most controversial starting slot, at least for me, would be that point guard position. And I don't, I don't know if it's controversial for me after what happened last season. I felt we talked about, we kind of did this all-time team for At The Hive and for this show as well uh, last offseason. And I felt, and I said at the time that I felt like Kimba Walker could submit himself as the, the greatest point guard in franchise history with an all-star appearance, you know, getting over that hump. I felt like that was the last one that he really needed. I think he achieved all of that and much more. Been here for a while. Uh, I, I definitely think that that he deserves that nod as as the starter. Uh, but the controversy really starts to, to get hot and heavy when you enter into the talk about the reserves. Uh, let's just break down. Uh, we can go position by position, I guess. It features... Three more point guards: Baron Davis, Muggsy Bogues, and Raymond Felton. Actually, I'm gonna I'm just gonna read through these real quick. So the wing position has Hornets broadcaster Del Curry, Kendall Gill, and Stephen Jackson. Uh, PJ Brown, Kenny Gaddison, Al Jefferson, and Derek Coleman round out the front court reserves. I'll just ask it, Nick, who feels most out of place in these reserves? Uh, probably Raymond Felton or even Steven Jackson. Um, I think, you know, I, I didn't think about this when I, when I wrote the article about it, but I mean, David Wesley is a name that didn't make it. And I, I guess, you know, David Wesley is some, I mean, he's, he was a point guard. I know he kind of gets, maybe he's a shooting guard as well, but you know, I know Felton was here for five years, um, but he didn't really do a whole lot of, of note. Uh, not that the team did either, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Felton is definitely a head scratcher. Claire. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Raymond Felton was the one that was the odd one out for me. Um, and you know, at first I thought that they might have left uh, David Wesley off the team because of the controversy with the car accident that killed Bobby Phils and all that other stuff. So, but at the same time, like Raymond Felton's no stranger to controversy either. So, I, you know, I don't know, like you know. I, it, yeah, that one, that one's, that one's a puzzler. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as upset, I guess, with Raymond Felton as some of these other selections. I mean, Raymond Felton had some significance in terms of his, uh, uh, you know, being a high draft pick for the Charlotte Bobcats, being their leader for many years, and he certainly, like, if you look at the record books, he, he, you know, just by virtue of his longevity and by virtue of him being one of the only competent offensive players on on those on several of those teams, uh, he was able to accumulate some statistics. I think when you look down this list, I mean, I look at Kenny Gaddison. Maybe they they wanted to have you know sort of an original 1989 Hornets player on this roster, so they go with Gaddison. He spent six seasons in Charlotte. Was sort of the definition of a role player. Only started one full season. And then uh, Der- <laughs> this might be the most egregious one to me, Derek Coleman. All right, let me let, let's go back. So Derek Coleman signs a six-year deal in in 1998 because the team, the, the the former Charlotte Hornets. Here's what you have to know: the former Charlotte Hornets were notoriously cheap when it 
when it came to retaining star talent. Uh, so they didn't want to pay to keep Vladi Divac, who was who went on to Sacramento and and to have you know continue to have an amazing career. And they didn't want to pay Matt Geiger. They let Geiger go to Philadelphia. So they bring in Coleman, who was was a rookie of the year in in ninety two, I believe, and had a great All Star season in ninety four. Was a twenty and ten guy, but had all kinds of injury issues. Had all kinds of attitude issues coming in. Like that's that's who he was coming in. But they give him a six year deal that would have been, I guess, cheaper than than the Divac deal. Um, he only, so he had all of those issues coming in. Then in his first season, he only played 37 games, uh, because of several injuries to his foot and his ankle. So he he lived up to all of those injury issues. And then in the preseason of year two, he gets charged with a DWI after crashing his car into an 18 wheeler. Uh, so when all is said and done, the Hornets were 12 and 22 with Coleman on the floor and 34 and 14 without him. So yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. in that, in that second. So, um, you know, it's just, it's tough to really like, it's tough to fathom why Derek Coleman would make it over guys like, uh, you know, just in the front court guys like Eldon Campbell, who's one of the top 12 players in, in terms of win shares, according to basketball <laughs> reference, uh, in terms of a guy like Anthony Mason, who was first in offensive rating for the team all time. Four seasons in Charlotte, two seasons averaging a double-double. His first year in Charlotte was arguably, I think, one of the best seasons in Charlotte Hornets history. He was just a beast at the four position. I would have given him over the nod uh, over Coleman easily. I just and don't understand it. Too. What's that? And way better haircuts. Way better. <laughs> yeah, way better. Uh, yeah. You mentioned David Wesley. Nick, who are some other guys that are missing for you? Well, the biggest one is, is Gerald Wallace. Um, and I mean, it's, it's caused a lot of controversy. Like there's like, I, I don't get reader email often. And like, I had someone like, who can we talk to about this? Like, who is, you know, like I need to, we need to get this. And, and I'm like, you know, so this is, uh, no, I, don't, this, I don't know Ronnie's number. I'm sorry. I, I don't either. I said, that's who I told. That's what I said to contact. Um, no, but seriously, like it's, it's unless, unless this is a rights issue with even like a couple of these other guys, um, yeah, I don't know how you how you put Steven Jackson on this team and not put Gerald Wallace uh, when I mean Wall- Wallace made the All Star team like Jackson's best season in Charlotte. Um, Wallace was there, the, you know, much longer. He was kind of the only thing worth rooting for for a few seasons. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know we, we've, we've I think we've had this discussion maybe on the show at least we this discussion has been had about like does Wallace deserve his his jersey retired. You know, you don't have that kind of conversation with a player that isn't amongst the best in franchise history. Yeah, or, you know, I know. Yeah, the only Bobcats All Star. He's third in minutes played in franchise history, fourth in field goals, first in defensive rebounds, third in total rebounds, and third in points. Now, I think jersey retirement is a conversation, is another conversation, but certainly he is, without a doubt, one of the best players. In, in franchise history. I mean, the, the stats, you just can't deny them. But maybe, the, the thing is though, Nick, if it's a rights issue with Gerald Wallace, who has, it hasn't been out of the league all that long, but if it's, if it's a rights issue, then, then why do the team? Then just maybe leave it blank or something. I just don't understand 
just going, well, we can't get the rights to Gerald Wallace, so just, uh, uh, I don't know, throw Kenny Gaddison in there. He, we, we already have his player model from the you know 96-97 Hornets team. Just throw him in there. Like, it just doesn't, that doesn't jive with me. Why? Well, unless they're like, well, it's Charlotte, so, and that, yeah. that's, even, that's even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, if, if, if it is a rights issue, you know, they could make some kind of relief, like just, you know, because this could be an issue with other players for other teams as well. And maybe they just come out and say like, look, you know, just for, for your information, you know, we could not get the rights. You don't even have to specify which players, but if they just, just put a general statement out and said, look, it's in response to some of these, you know, takes or responses from people. Like we just want to yeah. know we couldn't get the rights for everybody. Cause they couldn't for, cause for a long time, um, Michael Jordan would not release his rights and it was mm-hmm. kind of a known thing that he would. And then when he did, I think it was like, NBA 2K10 or 2K9 was the first year he let 2K make his, you know, use him in the game. And that was like the first time in years. So yeah, that was in, big- my, in my mind, like if you can't afford the rights to fill these rosters out and make true all-time teams, then just don't, yeah. then either don't do it or say, okay, right. we're going to pick the five best players from each That's, team. Yeah. And I mean, if I look, if I play with this all-time team, I'm setting it to starters only. Like I, I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not subbing in Kenny Gaddison. I mean, all respect to what he, what he was a role player. Though he's not an all-time in my mind, not an all-time Hornets player. Uh, you know, and even PJ Brown, who PJ Brown only spent two years in Charlotte, and that's where a lot of the trouble comes in too. Is that you wonder, like PJ Brown spent two years in Charlotte, but then spent three years in New Orleans, but technically. They they shouldn't account for the New Orleans Hornets time because that is technically sure. part of the Pelican. So there's all kind. So Charlotte, if any yeah, team Chris was team. right, exactly. If 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 any team was going to get muddy, it was going to be the Charlotte Hornets because of of all of this stuff and and the fact that the the franchise technically stopped in in 2002 and then picked back up several years later. So a um, couple of other names that that I wanted to mention just for history's sake. You mentioned David Wesley, five seasons in Charlotte, top 10 in points, steals, win shares, and minutes played. Um, Emeka Okafor, rookie of the year, five seasons of 14 points and 10 rebound basketball. That's not, it's not something to sniff at. I mean, he's a model of consistency for a franchise that, that desperately needed it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like I said earlier, there's a lot of players that are on this team that are only here for a few years, but, you know, that's just kind of Hornets basketball in general. You know, that's early Charlotte basketball. You know, people came, they they stayed for a few years, and they went on. I mean, like, we're even seeing that now. You know, like, Jeremy Lin was only here for a year, and he did really well when he was with us. But, I mean, you know, that's just kind of how it is. Charlotte's kind of a transient city, both, you know, with sports teams and sport you know, athletes and – us laymen as well. <laughs> one, one more name similar to PJ Brown uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, and I have to mention it. Otherwise, we will definitely have someone mention it to us on Twitter. Jamal Mashburn, two very high scoring seasons in Charlotte. So it's similar to PJ Brown, where Mashburn would go on to get an all star appearance with the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, did and and that's where I don't know. It's like why do you include PJ Brown over Mashburn? That it, a couple of these things that, yeah, it has to be some kind of rights issue because it doesn't, just on paper, it really doesn't make sense any way you look at it. But, <clears throat> uh, and a lot of these guys like PJ Brown, uh, like Jamal Mashburn, 
uh, were part of the Charlotte Hornets during two of their most successful uh, seasons in franchise history in terms of playoff success. So, you know, they get a little bit of a boost over maybe some guys in terms of, you know, longevity. I want to go back to that basketball reference list of the top 12 players in terms of total win shares. I take this team right here. Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues uh, is number one, Gerald Wallace, Larry Johnson, Kimball Walker, Del Curry, Anthony Mason, Glenn Rice, David Wesley, Emeka Okafor, Alonzo Mourning, Eldon Campbell, and Baron Davis. That's good to me. That's it. Like that's yeah. 12, 12, 12 players in terms of total uh, win shares for the organization. The, you know the amount of wins that they contributed. I'll, t- I'll take those twelve over over this NBA two K all time team. Sorry, two K. To be honest with you, I mean, like a lot of the teams were kind of like if you look at the rosters for a lot of the teams, some of them are you know kind of scraping the bottom barrel as well. I mean, like yeah. Utah had like Greg Ostertag on it, so I mean, yeah, which I mean, I love Greg Ostertag. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, <laughs> like all time really for Utah. I mean, you know, so yeah, some of the there was a, this is not the only roster by far that had a few head scratchers on it. So you know, you got to. Unless you're like the Lakers or the Celtics or, you know, one of those teams. I mean, you had a few players on your team that were a little – or like the Bulls um, that are a little like, uh, really? So. Yeah. All right. Did anyone catch Kimba Walker on the latest episode of Ballers on HBO? You had to you had to really watch. If you blinked, you missed him because he didn't, <laughs> he didn't have a speaking line. It was more of a, a cutaway <laughs> shot. Uh, to Kimba Walker uh, boxing, kind of shadow boxing. It was a very, very odd cutaway, but it is Kimba Walker. It is a Charlotte Hornet on uh, television, kind of a rare appearance these days on a major network show or movie since the glory days of Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues showing up in Space Jam, unless you count the Bobcats showing up in a storyline on One Tree Hill. That happened. Uh, that did happen. Not, not really. <laughs> About that. <laughs> Not really any players. Uh, that well, one of the characters was a player on the Bobcats, uh, so there was that whole deal. Um, but uh, Jeremy Lin was on an episode of Fresh Off the Boat in uh, in 2015, just as he had signed his free agent deal uh, with Charlotte. So that we'll we'll count that. We'll technically count yeah. that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, good for Kemba. Uh, what? So it, it begs the question: What current Hornets player? would you guys like to see on your favorite TV show, which TV show and why Nick? I mean, it's, it's gotta be Frank Kaminsky. He's the answer to this, right? Like, um, I mean, in terms of his, like what TV show, I think he could fit into literally any TV show. So like, you know, the, you know, if it's game of Thrones, you can make him a, a, a white Walker, you know, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. You could make him a, one of the, uh, like Lannister soldiers. Um, you know, or just, just, you know, just have him like just somewhere, you know, cause it's just, I think he would really encapsulate the role. Even if it was a minimal role, you know, you'd be like, Hey, that was Frank Kaminsky. Like that was a really great job, man. Like, <laughs> well, and, and you make a great point. He would, he would stand out, but yeah. he just like his sort of on court personality, like he can stand out. He has that ability, but at the same mm-hmm. time, he doesn't have to steal the show. Like he can play yeah. with within the offense essentially, and um, you know do little things that that need to be done without having to be the star of the show. And I think that would endear him if he were doing a guest spot. You don't want to get in there and scene steal. 
So I, I, I think Frank Kaminsky, good choice. Uh, Claire, what do you think? What, which, which current Hornet do you want to see on the tube? Yeah. So I was going to go with Frank Kaminsky as well, but I thought that I was like, Oh, of course everyone else is going to say that. So I can't be the only one who thinks that Jeremy Lamb would be like low key hilarious. Um, and so like right now, one of my favorite shows is a show called American Gods. It's based off, based off a book by Neil Gaiman. Um, and he's one of my favorite authors as well. Um, and there's a lot of like really dry humor on the show. Um, so I think that he would be, I think he would fit in just really well, even, even, you know, just kind of like a supporting role or like a background. Um, uh, so I think that, he would be good. He could fight the leprechaun. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I feel like Jeremy Lin's like low key hilarious. And like, if you look at him on the sideline, um, he's always like doing something that I'm like, all right, did anyone else see that? Like, yeah. So. He's sneaky. He's sneaky, funny. He's sneaky. Yeah. yeah it looks like he's a good time in, in, in the locker room. Uh, I mean, yeah. like Noah Syndergaard was on Game of Thrones, and he's a pitcher for the Mets. I mean, he, you know, Thor is his nickname, and yeah. um, he was on he was on Game of Thrones as a, uh, I think it was in like the Lannisters army or something like that. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like in the background. Um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like any one of these guys could really be on like one of the armies or whatever in Game of Thrones. But I'm trying to like I feel like Jeremy Lin would actually fit in pretty well in America. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Frank Kaminsky. I think that's a good. But I'm gonna put him on on Twin Peaks because oh, yeah. I think his weird sense of humor, yeah, uh, would and yet his the deadpan delivery that he can give sometimes I think would fit perfectly within the the strange world of David Lynch that yeah. that continues uh, to get stranger. Nick, you don't you don't watch Twin Peaks, right? I'm like, I'm like halfway through season two. Okay. So I'm, I'm familiar then, enough. Then I definitely don't want to spoil anything for you. Oh, yeah. Season, <laughs> season, uh, you know what? I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into this, but uh, enjoy it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk okay. soon then. We'll, we'll have a, we'll have a Twin Peaks uh, recap. So what do you think? I mean, now that you're, well, you're halfway through season two, what do you think? Um, it was recommended to me because they said it's like it, it's it's weird enough that I would like it. I, you know, the person who, who recommended it to me, and and that is true. Like it's just it like it's not a show you can binge watch. It's a show that you watch an episode, you enjoy it, but you go, man, that was a lot, and I have to just step away for a little while and come back. Very later. true. Very yeah, true. So. Yeah, it's tough to binge. Well, you can do like I did it yeah. for a while, and I felt like I needed to recover. Like you feel like <laughs> you've got to just sit alone in a room and just be silent for a little bit and think about what David Lynch, I, I always say like, especially with this third season, David Lynch is putting you through something. And, and you, yep. of course you are, uh, you are willingly participating, but at the same time, uh, Lynch is very much about recognizing that he is the, the puppet master and you are the audience and, and he gets to sort of take you on, on a journey and take you on a ride. And, uh, he is merciless sometimes, uh, with that ride. So, uh, Wait, yeah. is, it weirder than, is it weirder than black mirror? I've never seen Black Mirror, but I'm going to ha- I'm going to go ahead and confidently say yes. Uh, I I don't think that there's anything um, that I've seen that's less strange on television than Twin Peaks. It it's I've seen a couple of episodes of Black Mirror. Like I've seen the the pig episode, which is like the very first one. And I mean, it, all you have to say is the pig episode, and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about for those who've seen right. it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a different weird. It's like a because it's just there's just a, a mood about it. 
like it just it has this tone and has this feel that is unlike a lot of other mainstream mm-hmm. television shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know how ABC because the original was the original was on ABC. I don't know how they put that on mainstream yeah. television and That's- people were like. Oh, this is fine. Like <laughs> that's the main because it's on Showtime now, so yeah. anything goes. But yeah, when it was on network television, although I will say, Nick, that I think it being on network television uh, helped uh, coalesce some ideas or maybe restrain Lynch in a way that that caused him to maybe it's it's he just sometimes when his creativity is not harnessed, I feel like it, it goes all over the place. He's a mm-hmm. genius, but sometimes geniuses are incomprehensible. And, <laughs> and, and I think uh, season three sometimes suffers from that incomprehensibility. Um, I want to say this about Kimba, though, as we close this episode. Um, just being on Ballers, it reminds me of, of just sort of his progression as a vocal presence, as a vocal leader, as somebody who has evolved into this unquestioned star of the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, he goes to do basketball without borders in Africa, and he's one of the big players there. And, and he talks, and he talked about it. I believe you covered this, Nick, right? For, for at the hive. Um, he talked about, you know, how this was, that experience changed him. And, and now, and now he does this little quick cutaway on ballers. It's not like he had a, a bunch of speaking lines or anything. And, and I don't think that's ever where, you know, I don't think he's, you know, going to do Kazam like Shaq, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a movie star, but I think he is sort of evolving into this place where he goes, okay, I made an all-star game. I, I'm the unquestioned star of my team. I can be more out there. And I think he's doing that. Yeah. His, uh, his agency certainly is probably capitalizing on this, on, you know, on, on making the all-star team on, on emerging as a much, you know, as a, you know, he's a, he's kind of in the star, you know, category now. So um, it's, it's huge. It's huge for him. And it's, it's huge for the Hornets too, because they need a player like that, that that's, recognizable throughout the United States and, and even the world. So that's, yeah, it's big. All right, Claire, final word. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it speaks to the respect that Kemba's been gaining around the league as well. Um, as far as the NBA 2K team, uh, one player that we didn't talk about, and just because I'm being petty and I'm in a petty mood right now, um, is I would have put Kobe on the Hornets. Also. <laughs> no. Um, just to boo. <laughs> <laughs> literally no other reason yeah oh uh, you, you you definitely yeah that just a troll just to continue to troll charlotte well listen they, i think they've they if you look at those reserves i said it looked like someone uh was was up against the deadline at lunch yeah. and and really had to get those reserves in uh so You're yeah doing your homework right before class yeah. yeah exactly yeah. all right we're out of time thanks so much for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network follow us on twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us uh, on Overcast or on iTunes, or if you're using Android, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher. And while you're there, give us a five-star review or a star on Overcast. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Check me out on Locked On Fantasy Basketball coming up I think later this week, I'm doing the the Hornets preview with Josh over there, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, uh, tonight. So uh, check that out later in the week. We're back again on Thursday with more for the entire crew here on Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.